Are you looking to level up your author business? Are you pounding your head against a wall, wondering what your next step should be? Then join me, Daniel Wilcox. And me, Sasha Black, as we haul ass each week in a bid to level up. Level up. Come along for the ride as we delve deep into the business of writing, craft, entrepreneurship, and every level of the author journey. This is the Next Level Author Podcast. Hello Achievers, this is episode 55 of the Next Level Author Podcast, a podcast where we hold each other to account and track our step-by-step progress as we level up our author business. My name is Sasha Black and here with me every week is... Daniel Wilcox. Hello. Hello, Daniel Wilcox. I've just changed Hello, my Black. screen view, so everybody is going to see a kooky screen thingy change. Oh, anyway. you went from speaker to gallery. I did. Oh. How are you? How was your week? I haven't seen you all. No. I've not seen you in a thousand years. It's literally been a thousand years. It's been a thousand years. Although it's been since we recorded last Friday. Um, Monday. But I saw you Monday. Monday. I can't believe it oh, was Monday. Oh, we did Monday. the live. We did the live on Monday. What? I feel like I haven't seen, like, but like, it's different when you do Patreon because it's not this. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I'm, I'm good. And like, I've, I've had a week so far in which I've literally done, I'd say 99% of not work. Um, and I've still got three days to go. So I'm feeling good for it. And the, the weird thing is though, because I mean, I feel infinitely better already just from taking some time off. You at the same time, I'm sure. Be better. Thank you. At the same time, I'm sure certain or well, parents might understand that. Like, I've had the boy this week, so it's been amazing, and I'm loving like every second I'm spending with him, and he's keeping himself entertained downstairs at the minute. But there's still that element of like, it's there's just I'm rested, but there's still like a little bit more because I've not had any time to myself. Mm. So it's like constantly on parent mode. But at the same time, it's been nice. Just I've been chilling with him. I've been playing Switch. We went to my parents have a caravan that we stayed at for three days, which was wonderful. Um, and I also found out that a lot of Americans don't know what a caravan is. So if you don't, it's a, basically a trailer. Um, but yeah, my parents have one of those on the beach. So we went down and we had like beach walks and he did like coloring and we just kind of chilled. I did a bunch of reading and yeah, just let, let my let my brain rest as much as it can. Um, uh, but no, it's been good. It's gone, it's gone very quick. And I've enjoyed the fact that in the UK, some of the lockdown parts of east so today i'm off to visit uh, a friend that i've not seen in about six months and we're gonna go around the park hopefully if the weather stays nice because it's been really lovely weather this week as well which is always helpful and you get to see me tomorrow i get to see you tomorrow i know we're gonna go book shopping in a book yeah shop. we are <laughs> we're gonna yeah. we're gonna because we can we're gonna meet in a town center because shops mm-hmm. are open and so you can meet people in a town center and we're gonna go yeah. literally book shopping but with I two demons i don't get the rule it's like you can I don't meet a maximum of six people outside or two households. But what if your household is 30 people? I know, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Mass. But how's your week been? Um, uh, good. I, um, I have done a bit of self-care this week because I went to the chiropractor. It was my mum's birthday. So I had Tuesday off. Um, I had my nails done. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a bookstore. I already brought like. 11 books this week. 11? <laughs> Look, one of them was a pre-order that I forgot that I had ordered <laughs> that just turned up. One of them was a recommendation that came out of the blue that I had to have the book and I'm going to read it next. And then 
you know, like some of them were the ones from the bookstore shopping and we're going bookstore shopping tomorrow. So I can't be held accountable for what may happen. Um, it's a business expense. Yeah. Also, I read like 11 books a month. So like the guy was like, oh, this should last you a long time. And I was like, yeah, like a month. And he was like, oh, I was like, yeah. You're actually I'm reading 11 books a month. I have averaged 11 yeah. books a month. Holy this, cow. This so far this year. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like everyone's like, oh, you buy so many books. I'm like, yeah, because I read so many books. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like oh, <laughs> that's how this works. <laughs> <laughs> what percentage of the books behind you have you read shut up that isn't <laughs> up for discussion <laughs> whatever um anyways yeah so i i and then i've spent the week editing and then i had like the whole of wednesday so like i haven't really spent the week editing this is the weird thing i edited on monday and i edited eleven thousand words yesterday so my brain Damn. was like total mush that might be why i didn't sleep um <laughs> and yeah like I don't know. I've had a weird week. It's been after, like, I would say 18 months of having you on my screen every day. <laughs> it has been a bit weird not having you <laughs> on my screen all day, every day. Um, and it's been the first week that my wife went back to work. So she's Ooh. at work today and she was at work a different day. <laughs> <laughs> what is time? This, this week is a lie so yeah it's been like I have had this is my second day of like pure silence and no one on my screen so I'm trying to get back used to working by myself and it has actually been delightful um although I do miss the company so like don't have too many weeks I'm not off. needy enough to need that you're fine <laughs> yeah you're not allowed to have too missed. many weeks off <laughs> shut up whatever I can totally cope without you um <laughs> Okay, so uh, do we have a success of the week? Uh, yes, maybe. <laughs> Shall I open our Slack with all that Probably. information? Level ups, okie dokie. So, oh wait, you used um, Faye last time, didn't you? Yes. Cool. So, um, Tracy Lovelot says, I sent book six of my series off to my reader team. This will be the final book in the series, so I hope I get feedback that will help me make it rock. I feel pretty good about it, but I know there's always room to improve. I love this. Um, mm -hmm. It's such a big moment when you send off a book and I am getting ready to send off side characters. <laughs> to you mm. and i just the end of a series yeah exactly exactly and knowing that you need because it's not just ending that book it's ending the series mm -hmm. which no pressure but yeah. yeah it's it's a whole different uh ball game but you learn a lot from it so absolutely yeah you're gonna you're gonna pass off side characters soon yeah i am really in that horrible bit of editing where you doubt everything you think everything's shit um and it's brutal um so I'm gonna to have to give you like a big long checklist of shit to look for because I feel like there are some things that are still wrong with it and mm. I I just I hate it at the moment I think it's shit it's not funny no one's gonna like it no one's gonna learn anything blah, it's gonna blah, be blah. awful yeah, yeah. one star mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh new patrons we have a patron apology to give yes because Maggie um Manet, I think yeah Manane. I'm going to say Maggie. I feel Manane. like I shouldn't attempt it. 
yeah I feel like you really should not attempt it Maggie um, yeah Maggie joined us a couple of weeks ago just before our live and I think because we were running the live not using because we use slack for our like all our notes and stuff and I think because of that we didn't have that open because it was the live and so we mm -hmm. just lost it and it got lost in the and it was a um, live which is the first time we did it so the format was a little bit different yeah although we did yeah. welcome Laura on that live that is true so we just fucked up is basically the summary <laughs> and so we're really sorry and thank you for joining us we really appreciate it mm. um and if anybody else would like to join us and come and join the uh, monthly nla q a's which happen usually on monday nights mm -hmm. um and i think the next one is the 10th of may then you can do so by visiting patreon.com forward slash next level authors i think that's the first time we've ever done that bit i think that might be the first time i've ever done that 50 55 episodes yeah, I know. I mean, probably about 40 of those who had the patron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Okay, so thing of the week. What have you enjoyed, my darling? Ooh. Rest. <laughs> I don't know. Um, we did a lot of walking, which was nice because where I've been very, very desk bound for the last few weeks, sort of, you know, nose to the grindstone, trying to get things done so I could take the week off. Um, my average steps have been anywhere from like 2,000 to 4,000 a day, which isn't great at all when they recommend like between eight and 10,000. Um, and then in the last two and a half, three days, I've done 40,000 steps, just mm -hmm. walking through forests and walking on the beach and just wandering. And it's just been nice. It's just been nice to not feel like there's something else that I should be doing and to just to go out and just lose myself a bit in wandering in the fresh air. And like I say, it's been really um beneficial that we've had really nice weather as well so i'm a little bit red faced like a tiny little pink in like the nose and forehead and stuff but i catch the sun very easily um but yeah i'm gonna say that that's my thing um because i can't really think of anything else i'm like I say, i'm doing a lot of reading at the minute but most of that's like for a reading club and the book is good but i'll leave it there <laughs> what is the book i'm reading home before dark by riley sager Mm. which um was recommended by the people in my horror group uh -huh. oh excuse me <clears throat> i um sorry i'm boring you <laughs> sorry did we not oh, discuss the fact that i haven't even had six hours sleep right I before I want we started all your attention. recording i want all your energy <laughs> bring it let's go <clears throat> um i've enjoyed a few things this week um i tell you what i haven't enjoyed so this week I have um, done a number of evening work things again. Um, I, and I absolutely, one of the things that I did love of that was the my Patreon Poison and Prose for the Rebel Author. We had, you were even mentioned in it because it was the most positive, like heartwarming, fuzzy bellied feeling ever. I don't know why, but it we it was just lovely, and everybody went away feeling all warm and fuzzy, um, oh. and so that was lovely. And and Scott was like, oh, uh you know, if only Dad was here to like see the <laughs> the positivity." <laughs> um, anyway, so that was lovely. But I would say probably going in a bookstore. <laughs> you know, it's been a long time, and um, when was it last time? I don't, not this year. And usually I'm in a bookstore like every week. So yeah, it's been a long time. I reckon, I don't know, when did everything shut down? It was before Christmas, wasn't it? Like sixth, uh, 
Yeah, cool. probably yeah, beginning like, of maybe November. Damn, it's like five months, nearly half a year. Yeah. So yeah, I would say that was that was the thing I enjoyed. Okay, so weekly confessional. I don't have um the I rested. Uh oh, was that your was... thing? Yeah. What was yours? I don't know. This is a professional, yeah. Uh oh. Uh, I could have failed. Uh-oh, I don't know where it is. Cool. Well, so as always, we are super organized. <laughs> wait, wait, this is your episode. Listen, <laughs> I don't organize this shit. Um, all right. Okay, I've got it. Sasha will, oh, Sasha will work on side characters workbook. Wow, Sasha. that feels like a really long time ago. I have done loads this week whilst you weren't Hey! <laughs> I finished the workbook. It. I finished the workbook. Boom. And I've like edited, I and I Chunks. have edited, hang on, let me tell you what I have also edited. I have also edited 18,000 words of side characters. Wow. Yeah. Smashed it. Maybe we shouldn't Zoom ever. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe this is over. And if you've worked less days. Over. Yeah, I've worked three days. Oh no, but I also worked a bit of last weekend. I feel like that. Mm. I feel, yeah, because I think my mum had Atlas on the Saturday and that was when I finished the work, but. Ah, gotcha. <clears throat> All right, comments is definitely you. Oh, I don't have any comments. So last week's question was, uh, how do you learn to self-edit? And we had uh, Maggie who says, been binge listening to only up to episode 37 thus far I would say number 14 imposter syndrome and the oh am i no i'm reading totally the wrong thing you are where did i put it here we go cluster clock as usual oh my god super <laughs> professional we are <laughs> Stephanie wow dad says, i can tell that you haven't been here for a week you know what once once i'm back in the seat on monday it's going to be straight down straight down the middle whatever is. that means stephanie says uh, thanks for the shout out you adorable duo. Uh, I learned to self-edit by critiquing with other authors. It's so much easier to see mistakes in someone else's manuscript than realise, wait a minute, I do that too. That's still true for me, by the way. Also, off-topic, uh, recently when I was looking for a way to evaluate my writing business and assess what to do next, it occurred to me that simply writing out and answering many of the title questions of your great podcast is a splendid methodology for a career reset. So thank you, which I love just that idea. So I might do that at some point. It's like a yearly review. Just go through the questions and answer them. Mm. Could be fun. Yanni says, self-editing is something I've actively tried to learn over the last year and a bit, taking in advice from fellow authors and purchasing recommended craft books. <coughs> Anatomy of Prose. Mm -hmm. YouTubers have also been a huge help in sharing what not to do and what to look for in your writing that isn't necessary. Maggie says, taking a class starting next week on self-editing before you hit send 2.0 by Angela James. I can edit other people's work, but have a hard time seeing what I didn't see or left off the page for my own stuff, which is, that's that's the big problem. It's seeing your own mistakes because like, I don't know if people are like me, but I just assume I'm perfect. <laughs> Meg says, I need to get better at self-editing. I write super clean drafts. I'm also lazy because I hate editing. Working with two new editors at the minute across two genres with two very different writing styles and plot structures. Plus now using pro writing aid is proving a really helpful, it proving really helpful in highlighting terrible habits I didn't even know I had. Five years into full-time authoring, I have deep semicolon shame, must do better. And we also had comments from Brett, Laura, Luke, Carrie, and Edwin. So thank you. Amazing. So question it. of the week. Bum, so bum, 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 bum. this question 
was inspired by one of the people I interviewed this week. So I interviewed a lady called Janelle Hardy, who works with the body in terms of like massage and healing. Um, and she <clears throat> has something called personal myth making. So like, you know, the bullshit that we tell ourselves and we build up these myths about who we are and what our capabilities are. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think it's her fault I didn't sleep last night because after I spoke to her, she like unlocked some nostalgia and like some reflectiveness and I just couldn't stop thinking about my past. And so this is why, and this is this was the real topic of our conversation. I'm trying to sort of give you enough of a build up without giving you the question. Um, if you were to write a memoir, about your life or a section of your life what section of your life would you write about and why parkour mm. without a doubt interesting so tell me so i i cannot overstate how much i learned from parkour and i've mentioned some of that on this podcast before but so so the story of, of how I kind of found myself getting into it was when I was, I must have been 15. I was a chubby kid. Like in, in my early teens, I was quite, quite chubby. Um, I was, you know, I've always been fairly positive. I kind of didn't get confident really until I went, I went to secondary school and met a certain group of friends and kind of like learned what they do for osmosis. Um, got into drama and all that kind of stuff. I would never say that I was anyway like, a jock or a popular kid or anything like that definitely like a hundred a hundred yards away from from all of that um and i had a friend who used to be into a lot of extreme sports so i dabbled in skateboarding in bmxing in inline skates in like lots of different things um and he one day just approached me and said and started talking about parkour he'd been doing this with some people that he'd met and i was like okay is that that thing where you basically jump off curbs and you know twat around um, and bearing in mind as well that like a month before this, this was the same guy that took me bush diving. So it's bush diving is as, as it sounds. You just you just find bushes, hopefully without brambles, and you dive into them from heights. It, yeah. So I was skeptical. Um, and then I kind of went out for a day with him and he was showing me bits and pieces. And it was it, it kind of just took me because there were things like just, even just looking like a two foot, three foot wall that because you don't ever obviously as growing up you don't ever really like jump up to that high or as an adult you never jump over it. i've seen so many adults and think people that like struggling to get over just like a basic wall if they want to like i don't know take a shortcut somewhere and it's so so easy to do you just literally all it is is confidence and technique that's there's nothing to it it's not strength it's not like it's it's so so easy so i i had a day where i was learning all this stuff and sort of unlocking these things i could do and having a lot of fun with it and then he showed me um, a DVD that came out at the time called Jump Britain, which was a guy called Sebastian Foucault, who people might know as the guy at the beginning of Casino Royale, who jumps off the scaffolding, who is arguably one of the modern sort of um, popularizers of parkour in, in, in Europe. Um, and I watched that. And then just through training, I did it because I just enjoyed it. And I found that it was something that I got on with very, very well. But so much of it, as I've said, I think in quite a recent episode of this, so much of it is mindset. Because um, all the obstacles you come up against seem huge to begin with. And all you have to do is practice something smaller and set yourself up. 
and then it's it's easy and there were so many times where i'd come up to a jump or a vault or a sequence of moves that either i hadn't been able to do the, the year previous and then i just smashed it out because i'd been practicing or you just you just you, you get to a point where you're looking at it and you really have to sort of battle in your head and understand that this wall isn't just a wall it's it's this bar that you did six months ago. It's this that you did three months ago. It's all these things combined. So if you can do those, you can definitely do those. And like the height mm -hmm. and everything doesn't make a difference. So it basically taught me the principles of what good practice is and how you can develop incrementally. But the thing, so when I started teaching parkour was about 2012, because I, I ran the parkour society at the University of Lincoln. Um, and then through that, I ended up taking a group that the previous year had been eight people and the president was basically shit. Um, and took 60 people into an indoor gym and we had sessions every week and we formed this like huge, huge group that weirdly once I, not, not, not to brag, but once I left the university, that group stopped the following year. Like no one was like, could take it over. Um, but I then he sort says of grew with a dark smile. Uh, but I then grew sort of the confidence because I'd never taught anything really before that, but I grew the confidence in teaching. Um, I used to run these sessions. I formed a community. We had sort of weekly socials um i learned what it was sort of to lead and then from that i ended up running a um a what i called the rgb parkour tour which was sort of like just every like it was invited to it was an invitation for any free runner across the uk to come together to the peak districts and we did a five-day camp in which we jumped on the rocks and did different tasks and people were split into groups and stuff so it's sort of parkour was the intro to my sort of style of teaching it was the intro to leadership for me it was the intro to building communities it was the intro to mindset it was all of this stuff and more just from learning to jump over a couple of things and i just became obsessed with it and the community was fantastic but the thing that i always struggled to teach people when it came to my sort of indoor sessions was people were very keen to do the flips and they're very keen to do the big moves and they're very keen to practice but there were I don't know what that is outside or oh, a big truck um but there were only a portion of people who understood like the sort of philosophy behind parkour so they saw it as movements whereas i saw it as life mm. so like the 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 philosophy of parkour is efficiency of movement so it's how do you get from point a to point b in the most efficient way possible and once i can look at sort of a sequence of moves or like walls or roofs or whatever and go okay what's the quickest way to get from here to here practice those moves do them fluidly and every time just incrementally just get faster and faster and faster and more confident you just apply that to everything else in your life so it's like okay i want to write a book now how do i write that book faster than i did last time what are the things i did last time that slowed me down what can i put in place like when it came to my old work it was like building audiences it was sales it was everything else it, it just it just it goes far beyond anything to do with just jumping or flipping so i would 100 percent just you know dive down that track because again going back to um when I was 15 which so that was 2006 like before that I, I'd not really sort of dived into anything I was just like a regular kid just you know at school and then basically everything where I've got to now I can just pinpoint back to that moment and say this is where it began for me because it, it taught progression wow so I don't know <clears throat> what I expected you to say but um I love this because like sometimes the the conversation was so deeply interesting because 
because we are indie writers, everything that we create, we create for publication. Mm -hmm. And she was saying that she doesn't teach publication because so much of writing memoir is like explorative, it's healing, it's it's for you. And obviously there are legal implications if you publish a memoir whilst other people who are mentioned in it are still alive. You know, that's why we have the copyright at the beginning of all of our fiction stories. And I think where I got to is that she gave me permission to write things I don't have to publish, which sounds mm -hmm. bizarre, but I don't think, I don't think anyone had ever said that to me. And because obviously I, you know, and that was a myth I'd built up that everything that I write needs to be published. And of course it doesn't. Um, so in terms of, I, I've had this very weird life and I think that I don't even know where I would write. I, I think, think I'm famous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have had a very weird life. Um, and so I think realistically, it would either be my childhood because I had this childhood of two halves. So um, my mum was this amazing woman. Um, she was a single parent from me being two and we had no money. She, I have memories of her working you know, I'd get up at like three o'clock in the morning and I'd, she'd still be working, making wedding dresses and stuff. This is what she used to do. Um, and having two or three jobs. And, you know, when our car broke, she, I remember being cycled to school and it was like four miles in the rain. And my mum cycled to and from school twice a day. You know, my clothes came from, you know, hand-me-downs and all of this stuff. And and so that that part of my childhood was that. And I think that's why I worked so hard because I had her as a role model. And she was just this, you know, when I look back, she was, I'm so inspired by what she did and how hard she worked and so proud that I am where I am now because of her. Um, and yet the other half of my childhood, I lived in a mansion twice. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, like, this is the most bonkers thing I can ever say so like my great great aunt owned a village and um mine too yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one point in my life we basically were homeless and so she took us in and we spent some time <laughs> in this mansion and then the second time I was older I think I was 14 this time and um basically my mum left the man that she was with, he wasn't very nice to me. And uh, we moved back into a wing of this mansion. Like it was a wing, it was like this flat, I guess it was like in the olden days, it would have been the servant quarters that we lived in, but I lived in a fucking mansion, like, you know, and, uh, but despite, and this is the crazy thing, like despite everything that I just told you about what my early childhood was like, at the same time as, as living in that poverty, I would spend the weekend, <laughs> at my great great aunt's house where there was and and I shit you not a library with floor to ceiling books and we're not talking about a normal house ceiling here we are talking about a ceiling that must have been 30 foot high okay this was like a a, a bell you know beauty and the beast mm. whenever I watch that film I am taken back to my aunt's house and you know she had hundreds of acres of land and you know old Victorian 
pools and and modern pools and and you know these all these spiral staircases and all kinds of crazy shit and like the corridors were lined with like these old ancient um leather bound map books and stuff that were as tall as me as a kid and so you know we would have christmas um well we'd have boxing day there and stuff and i just i have these bizarre memories it was a childhood of two halves so mm. so part of me is like but but i don't know what because obviously a memoir is about transformation and I'm not sure what the what the hook would be or the transformation there. But there is definitely a part of me that wants to write down some of that stuff just to keep it so that yes. when I'm old, I don't forget. Um, and then the other part of me is I've got quite a few love stories um, from like my time at university and I did some crazy shit. And... Um, yeah I love love and so part of me is like oh it's got to be the memoir uh, like that's got to be it, you know because I love love and romance so much I'm like oh maybe I should <laughs> do that story instead like one of them for example I was trekking um in the Himalayas and we were trekking up to Mount Everest base camp <laughs> I told you I have a weird life we were trekking up to Mount Everest base camp and it was off season so there were not many people there and there was this chap there and he was oh, gorgeous and he, he was really tall and incredibly muscular and he had these bright blue eyes and I was just like swooning and um <clears throat> we're in this like Nepalese Tibetan tea hut thing without electricity and there was like barely running water and there was like this fire pit in the middle and I was reading and then he started reading and we were reading the same book and I was like, ah, anyway, the worst bit was when I, so that was the, that evening, but earlier on in that day, um, the, I still remember the, the tea huts things. I think that's what they were called. They had some steps and, um, <laughs> embarrassing I walked up these steps and he was walking up the other side because there, there was sort of this row of houses and a row of bedrooms and wooden bedrooms in the middle and he came because he was tall he came up first and I saw his face fucking tripped up the last step oh. <laughs> I was like gawping <laughs> at him I'm like getting embarrassed even thinking about it anyway I fucking like tripped up this step and of course he comes to help me and I'm like <laughs> oh. and was... <laughs> so embarrassing. I literally nearly died and I like hid in my room crying and dying in shame anyway then I came out later and he was topless and he he had just this rucksack like most people brought like a couple of you had like your bergen and then you had like your day rucksack and the sherpas carried the bergens because we were fucking breathing out of our assholes there wasn't enough oxygen as it was <laughs> anyway and um he had this pole in his his rucksack which he took out he whipped off his top can i just point out it was like one degree in, in these fucking snow-covered mountains and um he like hooks up this um rod thing anyway and he's like doing these pull-ups and i'm like i'm like i cannot I can't cope with this, with the six packs and the riffling muscles. And I'm just like, I'm dying over here. Anyway, so we read this book. And then 
because it was off season, uh, normally there are tons and tons of like little tea houses because this is how they make all the money. Everybody wants to trek up to Everest Base Camp, but most of them were shut. So there were only a couple of places. So every night there's, it's like a, a pre-planned route. Most people do the same route. And we ended up stopping at the same tea huts. So every night, and then, you know, we got talking and dinner and anyway, there were, we were the, the last night, it, it, we were this close to a kiss and it didn't happen. And anyway, he, he went off and, and summited and then he came back down and I caught him as he was going back down and he was like, oh, you know, here's my email address or whatever. Cause back then, like, you know, mm -hmm. there weren't really phones and things. And so off he went and I was like, oh, I'll never speak to him again. And uh, when I got back to internet, I did have an email from him and um, roll on a few years. We, we had been talking and Skyping because that's what, what, that's what you did. And it just so happened that we were both going to be in America uh, uh, one weekend. And so, and we were both going to be in the same state as well. So I was up in San Francisco and he was going to be flying into LA. And I was like, you know what? Cause he was Australian also, I should point out he was Australian. So <laughs> this is why like, we were never going to meet again. And this is like a second chance romance anyway. So I was like, well, fuck it. Fuck it. I'm just going to go. So I got on a Greyhound and I traveled 11 hours down to Los Angeles to, to see this chap. And um, we had a very fun weekend. I'm not going to divulge any more details <laughs> other than that. But I finally, you know, like I got my kiss and um, yeah. And, you know, we stayed friends for a really long time afterwards. And like he, he, you know, became a really good friend and like, you know, helped me through a load of shit and stuff. And uh, yeah, he's got kids, I've got kids. And, but it was just one of these, like, what a weird way to meet somebody. And then to, you know, I've never met mm. him in my country. I've never met him in his, his country. And yet we managed to be in the same, like the world is so big. And yet we managed to be in the same place in a different country at the same time, twice. Yeah. Like, and that's yeah. what I think is cool. I remember um, we used to holiday in Cornwall a lot. And um, like once a year, we'd go down there with my grandparents and we'd always drive down there. It's only, well, I say it's only it's like five, six hour drive. And I remember getting to um, like a services station about 10 miles out from sort of where the house was or the, the cottage you were staying at. And the amount of times we do that and my dad would bump into people he worked with. What? I'd be like, what are the freaking chances? Like we've been in Spain and bumped into people that we've known. Like, it's just, it's a very small world. I thought you were going to say in your story, like, you swapped emails, went home, and then he turned, turned out he was your next-door neighbour. No, no. That would have been magical. <laughs> that would have been amazing. No, but the fact that I got to see him again was pretty cool. And um, funny you say about that, bumping into people. I had stepbrothers for seven years, and um, when, when my mum broke up with their dad, uh, like, I didn't really see them again afterwards. And then, like, six years later... I was in Corfu, in the Corfu airport with my then boyfriend, and um, I was busting for a wee, and the girls' toilet had, like, a queue of 20 people, and I was like, well, I need a fucking wee, and there's no queue in the boys' toilet, so I was like, fuck this, I'm going in the boys' toilet, so I did, and um, as I walked out of the boys' toilet, my stepbrother walked in. I hadn't seen him for six years, hadn't spoken to him, didn't know he was there. Like, what the fuck? What are yeah. the chances? How yeah. how big is our world really when shit like that happens? Like, mm -hmm. you know, the I parkour can't... sessions I used to teach. Um, I remember once I, I used to have this sports center not far from where I lived and used to run sessions there on a Saturday. And then 
out of nowhere, this guy that I used to go to college with, like 50 miles away, started coming regularly to those sessions. And he drove up to them specifically because there was nothing near him. So it was like, he's trekking 50 miles and it just happens to be a guy that I know who happened to then be into parkour who wasn't before. Yeah, it was the world. It's the so connected. weird. It's mm-hmm. so weird. What this lady taught me though, and this is where I want to conclude our podcast, is that there are small joys in daily life and there is a story in daily life and it doesn't always have to be like the big dramatic thing that happened sometimes you know when you get with your family and you you are recounting things that happen it's always the little stories and I think I'm gonna set a challenge but anyway um what she did was (laughs) she she showed me that you can still tell a great story about like a little thing you know, and but also you have to be good at telling story in order to be able to tell life stories in, in an exciting and, you know, story art kind of way. So I reckon we should set everyone just a mini challenge. If you are up for it, then everybody should write um, a little story, a little memory in an engaging way. And if they want to post it in the Facebook group, post it in the Facebook group to share. And if you don't, you can just keep it because this isn't about publishing memories. But I think have a go and just see if you can use your storytelling skills to write a memory in a um, engaging way. Because I'm so deeply fascinated by this like concept of like making, I don't know. Anyway, it was like personal truths and factual truths. And it was just, I, I have been rocked by this interview in a way I didn't When's that interview coming out for people who want to listen? Uh, 2nd of June, I think. Cool. Ish, yeah. Wow, that was good. (laughs) That was quick. (laughs) It's only because she asked and I told her last night, so that's why it was in my Mm. brain. Um, So, uh, the question of the week for everybody else is, oh no, we do that last, don't we? We do our, uh, what are we going to level up with this week? What? (laughs) I think we should get a reward for the episode that we do where it's smooth. And, you know, we know what we're fucking doing a year out <laughs> and everything rolls. Nah. I've got a nice bottle of whiskey that I'll, uh, I'll open up. <laughs> you can open up your gin. Yeah. We'll toast. Probably spill it on ourselves. Uh, level ups. Not level ups. What's the How word? See, I can't even do it now. Yes. Level up. Uh, I am. Uh, I've got a ghostwriting project that I've got to do next week. And I've got to uh, get to the end of the submissions for my anthology, or mine and Julie's anthology. Um, we've got 60 stories left to read out of 230, but we do have like eight people helping us. So that should happen. And then we've got to start narrowing those down. Um, so I'm going to say read through all the submissions, uh, do the ghostwritten project, and uh, crack on with the edits for when winter comes and also one thing that i haven't um announced this episode is that the self-publishing blueprint is now available for pre-order so i'm going to start putting some promotion together for that that is awesome i still need to write your forward um i am going to make a significant and i am using that word significant dent in the editing of um side characters i I'm not going to commit to finishing it because I just don't know what. Yeah, it is big. um, And it is a tall ask to do that in 
like what is essentially nine days. Um, but we shall see. I mean, secretly, that is my aim. <laughs> like by sun, but by Sunday next week, not by Friday. Um, but we'll see. I'm not gonna say that because barreled my son into school whilst having a nosebleed this morning. So we never know what's gonna happen. Him or you? <laughs> no, him. Okay. <laughs> on the way to school it's like I'm kind of waiting for that phone call to say yeah it's not stopping like you know all that shit anyway um so yeah I'm going to make a significant dent in um my side characters book and I'm going to commit no I'm trying really hard to do this one focus a week thing mm -hmm. with tasks so my tasks no I'm just no because I just want to get side characters done and if I give myself anything else I will do other things instead of doing the thing that I need to do so get it fucking done, done Sasha yeah mm -hmm. so uh, how uh, audience question of the week then what um what part of your life would you memoir and why yeah I am so interested to see what stories we get like mm. I am loving story. People have very interesting lives. So interesting. Mm. Like so interesting. And um yeah, I am really looking forward to this. Like mm. yeah. Cool. So we will see you next week. Bye bye. Bye bye. Hungry for more? If you enjoyed this podcast, you can hear more of my angelic accent and Dan's dulcet tones on our other podcasts. For more of me, check out the Great Writer Share podcast. For more of me, listen to the Rebel Author podcast. We'll be back next week holding each other to account as Dan and Sasha become Next Level Authors. Hello, Achievers. <sighs> what? What just happened? <laughs> the Is it 55? It must be 55. It's 55, yeah. Yes! <laughs> no, no, you've missed your chance. Oh. Like, get it right on that first spiel. I don't... Like, you can't ask and then say that you got it right and celebrate. I did get it right. Yeah, after you paused and had a little huff. Hello, Achievers. This Wait, is... stop. No, because the one you did before that had so much more energy and you just seem defeated now. <laughs> Are you done? But are you actually done? Because I don't want to start again and then, like, you know, like. I mean, just, just give it some this time, is what I'm saying. Hello, achievers. This is. Whoa. <laughs>